This episode of I Work For Him is brought to you by SaferNet, online at safernet.com. You've tuned into I Work For Him, the voice of collaboration for the faith and work movement. We are your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. You know, there's an order to all things, especially how we order our days. But when the kids are crying, the vendors are calling, the laundry needs to be done, you need to fire someone, your car breaks down, and you have a church meeting to go to, that order just seems to go out the door. But scripture's clear. When we put God first, everything else seems to fall into proper order. Today, we're talking about God's given priorities. Joining us are some longtime friends of I Work For Him, Taiwan and Dr. Shanae Simmons. Their story is one of determining those priorities and living them out day by day. Taiwan and Shanae, welcome back to I Work For Him. It's so good to have you. Yes. Our <laughs> yes. pleasure. We're so Always excited. Always a pleasure. We're so excited to be back with you guys. Thanks for having us on the show again. Oh, you bet. And we're excited to, for you guys to impart great conversation with our friends that are going to be listening in. So, Shanae, let me start with you. Well, and I just want to oh. add, if I just add it. The reason okay. we're talking about priorities is that, you know, this is a, a show talking about the intersection of faith and work. And so often our priorities get out of whack and work takes number one place, number, the number one place. And then everything around us start to crumble. And we've, we've all worked around people that have lives like that where work got out of place, whether they're a business owner or a business leader or just somebody that worked ridiculously hard as an entrepreneur and their family gets impacted negatively. And we just wanted to have talking conversation with Taiwan and Sinead and I because they are feeding into married couples all the time, just like Martha and I. And we've seen the detrimental repercussions. Ooh, two four-syllable words. Right in a row. We've (laughs) seen the repercussions of people ignoring these priorities, and we just wanted to spend a a, a week talking about priorities. All of our our power thoughts are talking about priorities. Our blog's talking about priorities, and the show tonight's talking about priorities. So, okay. Now, Martha, go ahead. All righty. So, with priorities in mind, let's start with the number one priority. Now, Shanae, how long have you and Taiwan been married? It's going to be 27 years in December. (laughs) Excellent. So how long did it take until you got started to, you know, when did, when did it start getting hard to keep your priorities straight? I mean, you know, with kids and work and I mean, what did that ever, maybe you guys ever even struggle with it. Did you guys ever struggle getting your priorities straight? Oh, yes. That's a, that's a regular struggle. (laughs) That's a regular struggle because priorities, um, after you get from the, the first, you know, first four levels, right? God, your spouse, your kids, right? Church work, other things come in. And so um, I think for us, it first became difficult with children. In the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) In the beginning, Um, there was children. we, We have been known to be overachievers. And so when we had children, we had children. So we had our first son, Um, he, we had him for alone for about two months and then we became foster parents for three of, uh, my siblings. Mm -hmm. So in our first season of parenthood, we became parents of four very quickly. So priorities absolutely became a challenge immediately. The Taiwan, what did that conversation look like when you realized, Hey, I'm not getting enough time. I'm not getting enough Sinead time. What these kids are interrupting my life. I mean, what, what did that conversation sound like? Oh, goodness. That, that, that's a question for the ages because <laughs> at first 
you don't really know what to say and how to say it. You know, we were so locked in at first. Uh, we were so focused on doing what we wanted to do. Like Shanae said, we're overachievers. So we wanted to run this business. And, you know, then we wanted to make sure the kids were in private school. And then we wanted to make sure that everything was lined up a certain way. So you just get really focused. And uh, Shanae calls it, uh, what do you call it when I get hyper vigilant? You get hyper vigilant and then you don't pay attention at first to the things that you're missing out on. So we didn't really have a whole bunch of conversations in the beginning about, you know, well, hey, I'm not spending time with you and you're not spending time with me. We were just going and we were just going and we were just going until things started to break down. And that's when you have to have the conversation. Exactly. And, you know, I know that for you guys and for us, our connection started with the conversation around marriage and really understanding um, how important it is to feed into our marriages. But like you said, you know, first priority is God. So a lot of times we have the flesh pulling at us, you know, the kids and the, like you said, added kids. I mean, you guys went all in with parenting, <laughs> you know, at that mm-hmm. stage. And, you know, you're you're in the flesh trying to figure all that out. And then where does your relationship with the Lord, you know, fall into that when you have sleepless nights and you're, 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 you're juggling new expectations in life. So can you recall um, how you tried to prioritize the all the priorities, not just trying to fit each other in there? Yeah, I can take that. So I was always the uh, faith guy when we, when we got together. And uh, it really was just me doing that. When we got together, it was about just making a decision that we had to prioritize our faith. And, and that wasn't easy because when we first started off, uh, Dr. Shanae, uh had some challenges with, you know, scripture and, and belief. And we had to really have some really serious conversations. But what I learned was, is that it was more about my example uh, and that I led in that area. And when we would have challenges, I would say, well, you know, we got to trust God. We got to believe God. And I believe after doing that for a period of time, it helped us to shift our priorities into being focused more on what God said first versus what our flesh was telling us to do. Shanae, what was the inner struggle about? Did, did, did you grow up in a household where those priorities were demonstrated? Uh-uh. No, okay. we, we were new converts. I was okay. pregnant with my first son, and we were new converts. We were just learning who God was. I was just learning who God was. And so the struggle was, this is a completely new paradigm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the head of the household, and I'm supposed to put you know him before children. And there was no example of a, a, a man as a leader, a leader in our home. So it, it was really, what is this thing called Christianity? What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for me as a parent? I had a model of being a mom. And that model, the model that I built in my mind was what I didn't want to be. But it wasn't a model of what to be. Mm. And so we had to work that out, you know, over the time as we grew in our faith and we grew as a couple. We knew we didn't want to recreate what we were raised in. So we kept seeking 
examples that didn't look like what we were raised in. And you got to think, I want to, you got to understand, I didn't have it all figured out either. When I was a kid, my- How come Janae laughed when you said that? (laughs) Because she knows what I'm about to say. So my, I was raised by my great grandparents who were Jehovah Witnesses. My dad was a Muslim. My mom was Catholic or Baptist, depending on where she was mentally. And so this was my upbringing. Somebody say confusion, right? (laughs) So that was what I kind of learned was faith and what was God, but it didn't make sense to me. And I didn't recognize and identify God in all those things. So I brought all that into our relationship, trying to figure all of that stuff out. In your great-grandparents' household where you were being raised, did you see these biblical priorities being laid out? No. No. no All right. No. So let's talk about these priorities because it, I, I think it's, you know, we've now, you guys have been down 27 years of marriage. We've been down 37 years of marriage. We figured this out the hard way. I mean, we've, we've all made mistakes where we've put work way too high in the category. We've all made a mistake where we put kids too high in the category. And in the proper thing, and let's just, you know, banter back and forth about this a little bit, but in my opinion, but I believe the scripture backs it up, but I can't find all the different scriptures to back it up. But I, this just makes sense when you look at scripture. God's got to be number one. Our relationship with him is number one important relationship. It's why he saved us. It's why he created us. Then we get married and that relationship becomes our number two priority. Our, it, our marriage is a mess. If we don't have God as number, pri- number one priority, our number two priority starts to hurt. Then we have kids. That's what God wants us to do. God wanted us to have children. He wanted us to, to be fruitful and multiply and absolutely have a good time doing it. And so we have kids. But kids, when they're little, they tend to be a little demanding. Oh, yeah. No, the whole time. They're all about demanding. They're always demanding. And then, <laughs> but then, God always, always. God, then God gives us work as a gift. In the garden, he gave the work as a gift to Adam and Eve, as a gift for them to occupy their time when they're not busy with their spouse or their kids or with him. They have work to do. And then we've got hobbies and volunteer work and all this other stuff. How do, what do you guys do? I mean, you've been married 27 years. You guys got this figured out, right? You never have any problems balancing this anymore? (laughs) Well, as we just said, Jim, uh, it's it's a consistent struggle. And uh, we, we always have to make sure that we realign and we have a lot of conversations. We're always communicating about what's next and what we should do and how we should do it and continuing to keep the alignment. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, me, me being the example, you know, because it all starts with me and me having the ability to demonstrate to her that I'm in alignment, right? Matthew 6 and 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all those things shall be added unto you. So for me, it's being able to prioritize me and my vertical alignment. And I believe that she seeks him and she also follows me as I seek him. And so that's number one. You know, I love how transparent you were um, just a moment ago about your upbringing, because there's, that's why we're having this conversation. There are so many, all of us can use more modeling of what it looks like to do this well. I don't think there is a person on earth I mean, you can talk to any of the great, you know, icons, the heroes of our faith, and even them, more likely them, will say, I've still struggled with keeping my priorities in the right area. 
in the right way. And so that's why we have this conversation. But to say, yeah, I didn't have a good model. I want to um, do better. And when I fail and when life gets busy and something gets out of alignment that I, I reassess and I lead well. And so thank you, Taiwan, for saying that because um, we need to give ourselves that um, ability to realign. You know, we were just uh, talking, Jim, about that, the verses in our Sunday school class on Sunday about um, how God's mercies are new every morning. Thank God and they are. Isn't it a wonderful <laughs> thing? That they are, that we can turn that page and start over again the next day. Because there are times I know for us, I was thinking back to when we wrote our three books, I work for him, she works for him, and I retire for him. In that season of writing and editing, you can guarantee that our priorities were heavy on a certain project. Now, I don't believe there was neglect and it wasn't tipped upside down, but for a season, that was a huge priority and it had a, a fin, you know, you go into school, the things that you've done in life, they, they ebb and they flow. And so talk to our listeners about, um, you know, what they might be experiencing right now and just give them a word of encouragement that, you know, it's okay. It's about this realignment. Shanae, why don't you address that? Yeah, I think it's important to go back to Seeky first because it's easy to <clears throat> just see it in a very logical way, like God, spouse, children, work. But there is the opportunity for God to redirect you. So if you're seeking God first and something's out of balance in your life, God can very well say, I know the children are important, but if you don't take care of this at work, you're not going to be able to feed them. You know, Mm -hmm. he, when I was in school, someone came to me, a, a, a wonderful woman of God, um, who was a pastor's wife and co-pastor of her church. And she saw me struggling to do school and parent and go, you know, go to work. And she ministered to me and she said, your husband is equally capable of taking care of the children. Like he is not incapable. They can have amazing opportunities and experiences with him while you're on this assignment. And so when you are properly aligned with God's instruction, not picking up stuff that you want to pick up, but doing what God has ordained you to do, he will tell you if you have to rewrite the order. Mm. He will tell you if you need to put 70% in the children right now and 30% at work, or if you need to put 80% 80% in your husband and 10% in the church. He's going he's gonna to tell you because he knows and he ordains what it is that he wants you to do at a given time. And that's the beauty of trusting the scripture. All of these things will be added because God can reroute you. You just have to trust him. Mm. You know, that reminds me of someone that um, I really respected and in their office, they showed Jesus at the center. And so the real priority is having him at the center of everything we do. So it's not, there's not divisions. Yes, it's God as a priority, but it's because he's in the center of our relationship with our spouse. He's in the center of the life with our kids. He's in the center of the work that we're doing. And to me, that, that's that, that like narrow hitting the, the center of the target. You know, it's like he's at the center. 
So no matter where my focus is at this moment, it's still him at the center helping me to make the decisions and do the work that he's called me to do. What do you think of that, Tim? I I love that idea. And what's what's been interesting, if I think of the the thing that's gotten in the way in our marriage the most, it's been work because we both love to work. Um, it, it, kids, we didn't have our lives centered on our kids. You know, we only had two kids living at home, even though we have three kids, but we kind of went through stages because of a foster and adoption. Uh, but our work got in the way and keeping a balance on our work so that we didn't neglect our own marriage, especially because we got empty nesters at such an early age. Like it was easy to work all the time because nobody else was demanding our time. But I think it goes back to, we're also setting an example. You're setting an example for your kids. We're setting an example for our kids. And we're setting an example for the neighbor's kids and the neighbor's marriages and the marriages at church. They're all looking at us going, okay, well, Taiwan and Shanae and Jim and Martha, well, they're ministry leaders. What's their marriage look like? How's that look? Because people are watching. Because just like you guys didn't grow up with a marriage to uh, emulate, there's a lot of people out there. All kinds of people, 50 plus percent of them didn't grow up with a marriage to look at and go, that's what it looks like to have a Christian marriage. Then there's a lot of people that didn't grow up, grew up with that. Uh, so I, it's just a great conversation. Sinead, you know, Taiwan is talking about how he's keeping his relationship with the Lord. Number one, keeping his eye on the Lord. But what does it look like for you as a mom, as a psychologist, as a, you know, you're a writer, you're a speaker, you're doing all these things. What does it look like in your life to keep God? your life's first priority it's a struggle <laughs> it's a struggle it's a struggle i'm i'm a one point of correction i'm a therapist a mental health therapist i don't want to misrepresent but no. yes i am a uh a healthcare practitioner and it is a struggle um i have to fight for that um i was not as i said growing up that wasn't a natural part of my life and being a worker was, being responsible was, being parentified and taking care of other people, all of that was very much a natural part of my life. So I have to endeavor to be disciplined in one way, shape, form, or fashion to, to keep God first. Now, he is my moral compass. There's nothing that I do that that's not done with the lens of my my understanding of how he wants me to show up and operate. But if I am not as devoted as I need to be, if I'm not stud if I'm not studying, I'm not worshiping, I'm not praying as much as I need to be, then I will feel out of balance. Mm-hmm. And so when I recognize that maybe I'm sharper or maybe I'm more irritable, maybe, you know, I don't have I don't have much patience. It's a indicator for me that I need to read like Taiwan. I need to reassess. When's the last time I've been in my word? Am I, did I break my routine? You know, what's happening here? And so I, it's a struggle for me because those other things come very natural for me. And this part of my life, even though it's over 20 years, I've been those uh, doing those other things for more than 20 some odd years. Yeah. That's what I feel your prayers for me, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, I receive those prayers. I noticed the blood seeping between your teeth when she's uh, talking about when she's having a bad day and you're biting your tongue. I saw that. You know, there's so many tools that help us be more efficient with our free time. One of those is watching videos and listening to them while you're getting ready for work or during a workout. In fact, this interview can be watched on our YouTube channel. 
or on Rumble. Just search for I Work For Him. That's I Work, the number for him. And subscribe to get notifications and watch all of our previous episodes. We've got hundreds of videos out there. And we're going to put the link for YouTube and Rumble right here in, in the show notes on the podcast. So Taiwan, what does it look like in your life to have your spouse in second place? What does that look like? Ooh, you're trying to set me up. <laughs> so, you know, um, positionally, yes, she is second place. But that is just positionally, according to God's order. Uh, she is my my best friend. She is my business partner. She's my wife. You know, she's she's my everything. You know, we call each other our ride or dies. Um, and you know, with that being said, I had to build that foundation before I say this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's tough because God is holding me accountable for not just how I'm doing, but also how she's doing. And I don't take that very lightly. So it's my responsibility to check her to discern what she's doing with and what she's going through and figure out how to help her in her journey as well. And that's tough sometimes. But what I've learned is, is that I can't be her dad. I can't parent her through this process. I really have to understand and learn where she is, particularly. Somebody very wise just said recently that every three and a half years, I get a new wife. So, you know, I have to figure out you know, how I'm going to navigate uh, the, the seasons in her life that she may be dealing with and how those changes impact her, but also how they impact me. And she's doing the same thing for me. You know, I just want to affirm you in something because over the years that we've known you, I have heard you audibly talk about leadership in the home and leading your wife and your your focus on it, whether there's times where it's hard or it's easy, your focus is on it. And I affirm you in that because I've heard you say it, that it's important for me to lead. It's, in, you know, even if you're just saying, God's got this, we, we, we don't know all the answers, but we're going to walk this out together, whatever it might be. And I just, what a great example for the, the people that you lead and the people listening to this show and the many other places where you have a place of influence, because just hearing you say that gives permission for the other men in their homes to to do that as well. So um, I think the, the, the common theme here is we don't all have it figured out, but we know what yeah. God desires from us and we need to to. Um, move in that direction, but and then I, court correct. But I also know what, when you what you're saying, Taiwan. When you're addicted to your spouse, I mean, like you know, it, it's a serious addiction, and so it's hard to keep your wife second when you know you're totally addicted to your wife. So I, I, I get that because I, I, you know, I, I often am in danger of putting Martha too high up on my priority list because I really drink the Kool Aid too, Jim. I know. Yes, that's drink right. Kool Aid a lot longer. You guys were little kids <laughs> when I drank that Kool Aid. All right, so. All right, so Martha, why is it critical? We've had a lot of conversations with maybe 80 or 90 couples over the last 25 years. Why is it critical that kids are the number three priority? Well, I think that it is critical because um, it the world tells us differently. The world tells us, do everything for your kids. Your kids are entitled to so much and you have to make keep them busy and expose them to all these things. And the minute you do that, 
the kids start to think that the world revolves around them and that they are the center of the universe. And as much as we might think that our kids are, that is so unhealthy for us to teach them that. <laughs> and, um, you know, we want the best for them, but we want them to become responsible adults that love the Lord and can, um, you know, give back to the world that God has put them in. So the danger with not having them in the right spot is that they become, this is assuming you're putting them, elevating them too high on your priority list, that um, you're giving them a false sense of what the world really looks like. And so not only for their sake, but for your family's sake and and function, um, that's why we have to be so careful. All right. So Taiwan and Sinead, work is supposed to come. It's not supposed to come before God. It's really not supposed to come before our spouse or our kids, yet work is necessary to support our spouse and kids. Yeah. Why should work be in that priority position? Why is it so important that we keep work in check? <laughs> Janae's bad. <laughs> Great question. Get past. Yeah, okay. She got the doctorate first. I think maybe she should go first. <laughs> well, that's okay. You know, you know I, I can answer that. I, I, she said she got the doctorate first, which means Possibly a second. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. I wasn't being prophetic. I'm not. (laughs) She she just took that layup, you know, and she's Mm -hmm. trying to throw that out there because unless Jesus comes down physically, I've said that I'm not furthering my education. So okay, Mm -hmm. that's a sidebar. But anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah. So um, I mean, for all the reasons that we have talked about because when your alignment is off, it perpetuates things. It it creates other problems. You know, so if if God is not first and your your wife is not second and you don't focus on your family, then you're setting yourself up for your family to feel neglected, your wife to feel neglected. And on top of that, if God is not at the anchor and at the source of all those things, you actually are setting yourself up for idolatry and for things to be in an out of balance shape. Idolatry is a killer in in your marriage and in your relationship. Mm, for sure. So who do you think in the kingdom? You guys have been working in, in the church, volunteering in your church for a long time. You've been, you had a phenomenal church in, in, in Virginia. You got a phenomenal church down there in Tampa Bay. You interact with a lot of Christians. You interact with a lot of people who are pre-Christian, pre-believers. Who do you think most needs to hear this conversation in the kingdom of God? <laughs> Jim, <laughs> you, you, you are profound. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Um, you, you know, I'm going to say everybody needs to hear this. Um, there's, there's not somebody who's arrived and who has it figured out. Uh, I think. For us, like you said, we're in spaces where we're around our folks at church. We're around our folks in, you know, in in the streets. And Shanae and I are always having conversations about our experiences uh, with with couples and just about how it's unfortunate that. And I'm gonna speak for myself. She can kind of sign or co-sign on this. Uh, I found that the people who should have it figured out, they don't have it figured out. And the people who shouldn't have it figured out don't have it figured out. So we all 
need to figure it out, right? And the only way that we can do that is, is that we have to have an anchor in the middle of that who is Christ. And the truth wow. of the matter is biblical principles work for everyone, whether they, um, uh, if, whether they put their faith in the biblical principles and the salvation that is, um, we know of that is written in scripture, um, the principles still apply. And we know Absolutely. that they are valid, valid and they help us in our daily walk. So be, no matter who we share that with, um, it can be a blessing to them. So let's tie that into your book that you guys wrote. Uh, get in touch, the ABCs of a strong Christian marriage. How can that help our listeners keep their priorities in check? Well, um, that, if you're not watching on video, yeah, yeah, I saw that, right? That's right. If you're not watching on video, there's a little hand to hand combat there nod, in the studio on the other end. Punch right there. Yeah, because I was still on the last question. Um, hey, go yeah, ahead. Go back. It's fine. Well, yeah, because in the work that we do, I do think that clergy is at risk um, of not properly operating in these priorities because oftentimes they mistake the work that is done at church for putting God first. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in some atmospheres, that is also perpetuated through the levels of staff and volunteer. And so there's this propensity for folks to be walking around in the false balance because they're serving God, but mm -hmm. they're not properly prioritizing their home life. I've gone in too many homes that were in disarray, but the individual never misses a service never misses a volunteer situation, never misses a meeting. And it's like, but you can't find your children's socks for school. And so that's, I got stuck there because I think everybody needs to hear the message, but I do think there is a vulnerability in the faith world for faith leaders who misappropriate their church work for serving God to the point where he and I recognized for, at one point that even though Sunday was our Sabbath, we were working. So mm -hmm. we realized that we weren't really taking a Sabbath and we fight now. We don't always get it as, get it all the way through, mm -hmm. but we started, we adopted starting a Sabbath on Saturday. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. shutting down mid Saturday because we knew we were going to be, he's a pastor at the church. We knew he was going to be working. Right. Um, and so I just didn't want to skip that, um, that nugget that has become very prevalent in our time. Well, and I was just saying, it, it really goes down to so many people think that doing stuff for God is the same as being with God. And God is not yeah. that in all the really fantastic things you do for him. He right. wants a relationship with yes, us. Sir. Right. And, yeah, that's, and that's a big difference. And we're, we really are out of time. And I want to make sure people know, listen, if you want to hear more nuggets of wisdom from Taiwan and Sinead, get a copy of their book. Get in touch. The ABCs of a Strong Christian Marriage. It's available. We'll put the link in the show We will. We'll put a link in. You can get it on Amazon. It's a, it's a great book. It's just practical. And that's what I like. Just practical. Fun. Great stories. Just practical. Yeah. So um, we'll have all those things in the show notes for everybody to listen to or to connect with. And thank you so much for this conversation. But if you're looking for a quick way to prepare for your work, from a biblical perspective, 
Try subscribing to the I Work For Him Power Thought found on your favorite platform or the link can be right in the show notes here too. And it's just one minute every day to help you set up your heart right before you enter your work. Hi, Juan and Shanae Simmons. Thanks for being on I Work For Him today. Thanks for sharing from your hearts and being honest about the fact that you got some priority issues at times. Yes, right. Thanks Thanks for having us on this show as always, man. We love you guys. It's been a pleasure. You guys too. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work for for him. him. If it's easy to use, you'll use it. What if you had one place to monitor all the internet activity of everyone in your family? Attention, I work for him listeners. Safeguard your business and family with SaferNet VPN. We deliver top-notch cybersecurity with a user-friendly approach. Protect sensitive data with a virtual private network and shield loved ones from harmful content with 84 internet filters. Choose SaferNet VPN for peace of mind. Get secured now. Sign up with SaferNet.com. That's SaferNet.com. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field. But for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online at iworkforhim.com. I work, the number four, him.com. <laughs>